Thank you for joining us today for Wandering in the Word, where we read and discuss the upcoming week's lectionary texts at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. Okay, second Sunday? Yes. That sounds right. Hey everybody, this is Wandering in the Word for the second Sunday in Lent. The date is, what, March 5th um, this coming oh, yeah. Sunday? It's going to be... March? Does that mean spring is coming? I think so. Um, so. Please. Maybe. <laughs> You're ready. Most of Sunshine. us are ready. By this I am point. ready to garden. Yeah. So ready. I'm not ready to clean up the yard after my dog has had all winter there, but... Uh, there's give and take. There's give and take. Pros and cons. Pros and cons. <laughs> For sure. For sure. But yeah, we're uh, we are into Lent. We are into our questions as we... Um, talk about seeking honest questions for a deeper faith, and we have a question for this week we'll get to explore. But before we say what the question is, I think we should just read the text. So, who? I'll, how about I'll read John? How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds great. great. Okay, great. This is John chapter 3, verses 1 to 17, about a guy named Nicodemus. Now, there was a Pharisee named Nicodemus, the leader of the Jews. He came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do apart from the presence of God. Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God without being born from above. Nicodemus said to him, How can anyone be born after having grown old? Can one enter a second time into the mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered him, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. What is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be astonished that I said to you, You must be born from above. The wind blows where it chooses, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and testify to what we have seen, yet you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you about earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you about heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except the one who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And just as Moses lifted up the serpent at the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that everyone who believes in him may not perish but have eternal life. Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. Well. Oh, our buddy Nicodemus. Yes. Um, there's a famous Bible verse in here. Mm-hmm. Is there? There is. Are you, you referring to John 3.16? I am. Yeah, I've heard yes. that one before. I've seen uh, it referenced in the crowd at baseball games, etc. Yeah, John 3.16. Um, yeah, it's kind of probably one of the better known Bible verses. I think a lot of people probably have that memorized, or had it memorized at some point in their, their some life. Some point in time. Um, yeah, but this is this is a story. I, I kind of love it. I mean, Nicodemus, the you know, a Pharisee, a teacher of the law, a religious leader, um, gets credit for coming 
to see this Jesus, to see what he's about. He, he's heard him teaching, and he kind of has more questions. He doesn't fully understand what he's talking about. And so he comes, and he asks Jesus questions, but he clearly, they're not on the same wavelength. No. Right. At all. Ships passing in the night. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Which so, can be excused. I mean, when you're talking to Jesus, <clears throat> and he's talking about being born again, like... Okay, I mean, we are accustomed to this language now as Christians in the 21st century to be born again. Yeah, from this story. From this story. But Nicodemus, hearing this from the first time, is understandably confused. And he has to confirm, like, whoa, you don't expect me to, like, (laughs) come out of my mother's womb again. I mean, right? So, (laughs) Right? (laughs) Just want to clarify. (laughs) Yeah, for the sake of your mother. Please know. Um... It's there are good questions, and Nicodemus asks several throughout this um, passage. And it is it is interesting that he's coming as one of the most educated, and he's coming with these questions that you know, valid or not. I mean, they're very they're very honest, and we, you know, I think can respect him for showing up to ask them. Yeah, I mean, you know, and in the Gospel of John. Um, the time of day and all these things, everything's kind of symbolic, you know, mm-hmm. so that he came at night. Night symbolizes kind of not understanding or not believing or not seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, in a very practical sense, it's also a time when you can sneak out and nobody will right. <laughs> catch you talking to him because he's a leader of, of you know, he's, uh, he's a, a part of the Pharisees. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's, the, as we hear later in the story, the Pharisees are the ones that, um, those religi- that religious group, are the ones kind of responsible for getting Jesus arrested and yeah. his ultimate crucifixion. And he um, he pops up a couple places later on in John, kind of mm-hmm. defending Jesus more and more. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end of the story, good old Nicodemus is there um, uh, and takes Jesus' body and puts him in the tomb. And uh, as, as his like public, that's his most public um, display of belief, I guess. And... Uh, one thing I was wondering, too, kind of right off the bat here in verse 2, um, Nicodemus says, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who's come from God. And, like, who, who is this we? <laughs> um, is it him and, like, a couple of other of his Pharisee buddies? Or is he kind of in cahoots maybe with some other disciples of Jesus? Um, but he's, he's not only, like, representing himself here, but is part of some sort of... Um, group or community that is also sort of espousing these wonderings and asking these same questions. So, I mean, he's the, he's a solitary figure in this story, but we know that this is, um, wider, broader than that. Yeah. I, I, I like that kind of idea. I mean, the, that Nicodemus is willing to ask questions and kind of go against the flow you know, I mean, he's going against kind of the institution of his religion, saying, well, you know, this guy's making some good points. He seems to be sent from God. Like, we should listen to, or at least in, from his perspective, we should go and ask this guy some questions and be like, help me understand more. Um, and that, that takes some courage, mm-hmm. you know, even at night and even to do these things. Jesus kind of isn't like the most kind teacher to him in this story. I mean, he's kind of like, are you a teacher of the law and you can't understand this? <laughs> but he is trying to help him see. 
I've been thinking about that <clears throat> verse a lot, though. You know, in the in the Greek, there's no punctuation. Mm -hmm. So our translators, our interpreters have added all the punctuation. I know we've all seen the memes that have different lines punctuated differently to prove how important punctuation is. Um, as so, an English major, yes. I imagine you appreciate that. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff. But anyway, um, so imagine if we if we didn't have this translated with a question mark, and Jesus answered him, "You are a teacher of Israel, so you don't understand these things." Mm. Like this is a break with what has been mm -hmm. the traditional interpretation and teaching, and Jesus is doing something unexpected for lots of reasons, um, and it's it's a new. It's a new thing, and I think in some ways Nicodemus's great body of knowledge works against him in some ways. Mm -hmm. That when he encounters Jesus, it's something, something separate from all of this teaching and learning he's done. And so I think where I might go this weekend is to talk about how Nicodemus's the learning he needs to do is in part an unlearning mm. of what has been sort of ingrained in him about what to expect of the Messiah and how this whole gospel thing works that's a really good point i mean like tradition is super important and obviously we carry on traditions that are meaningful and provide truth and, and things for us but yeah nicodemus is kind of questioning those traditions and obviously jesus very much is questioning some of those traditions and um you know the things that we learned when we were kids sometimes we have to unlearn when we get older mm -hmm. um and there, yeah there's that's really interesting i like that <clears throat> I will point out one last thing, verse 17, um, where it says, Indeed, God did not send the Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Uh, and I love the little, there's kind of a saying that's like, you know, if God did not send Jesus into the world to condemn the world, God didn't send you either. <laughs> you know, and there, there is kind of a, a thread of Christianity that really likes to, thinks it's right and wants to just condemn everyone who then disagrees with them. And uh, and we, I think we all kind of have that as a human tendency. I'm right, so clearly you must be wrong. Um, but you know that Jesus came to save, not to condemn. And I think there's there's some hope in that. So mm, for sure. Well, why don't we jump into our Old Testament reading, Melissa? Do you want to read that one? Yes, I do. Genesis chapter twelve, verses one through four a. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to, to God. God. Just a short little snippet it's a compared short to our snippet. John passage. Yeah. Ah, so Abram, our good buddy that we know as Abraham, um, post-covenant. I was, am like noticing that Sarah is not mentioned in mm. this sort of sending. And obviously those two are kind of a pair. And yeah. Um, the fact that she doesn't get mentioned, but the nephew does, was yeah. interesting <laughs> to me this this time around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gotta love the patriarchy. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. Uh, the, the women are not generally front and center in the Old Testament, especially. Mm -hmm. but and yet it would be hard to become a great nation with lots of descendants right. without yeah. them. That is so true. 
So true. Um, yeah, so I, why do you think this was paired with, with this gospel reading? I don't have a good oh, answer. Yeah, Melissa, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think, Melissa? Uh, yeah, according to all my seminary training. Mm. Um, <laughs> oh, that was so long ago. Were we supposed to remember that? Oh yes. my gosh. Uh, I think it's maybe it's like doing a doing a new thing, and mm. I I mean I don't know. I'll think of a great answer in about twenty minutes when the camera's <laughs> off. Okay. But um, it is uh, you know Abram has gotten this now call and a like kind of a commission from God to to leave everything that he knows uh, his country and his kindred and his father's house um, to a place that will become known later on like it's just like okay get ready gather up all your stuff you're gonna leave and I'll I'll show you later and yeah. so he, without even knowing the destination then um, Abram does which is admirable um, but the promise the promise is that's certainly a great motivator. I mean, this is a big, that is true. big deal. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard. I mean, you know, we think it's hard to move these days with FaceTime and Internet and everything. I mean, like, GPS. he was... GPS. I mean, he was leaving. He was taking this, like, huge step of faith into something new. Um, and, yeah, God promises to be with with Abram and, and with Lot. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that, that, that's hard. It's really hard. I wonder if there's also a tie-in here to to that John uh, three sixteen and seventeen idea that God God so loved the world um, that there's this action and in in Genesis we have you know the sort of the the beginnings of this Abraham the chosen people mm-hmm. kind of a theme and the idea that uh, Abram's descendants aren't called the chosen people for their own sake but because it's through this sort of family and tribe that God is going to work to bless the entire world. Yeah. Yeah. And the, you know, we, we have art with our, our theme, this, this Lent. And so the, the artist in, for the Genesis text has a, a world, a globe, um, that I think it, you know, that blessed to be a blessing, the kind mm-hmm. of, as you said, that promise extends. This is obviously thousands of years before Jesus. And then in John, we get that same kind of message for God so loved the world. Yeah. Um, and I think it's sometimes fun. I, you know, they keep sending all, all these cool pictures um, of the, uh, the, what's the name of the telescope? James Hubble? Hubble yeah. and the, uh, the new one, James Weber. Mm-hmm. That sounds vaguely Something familiar. like that. Mm-hmm. Of just like, I mean, like the expansiveness of these galaxies mm-hmm. and to think that, you know, the, the God who loves us and who claims us in, in our baptism and that we believe and trust, you know, names us as God's children also is the God of the universe and that God so loved the world. Um, and, you know, here the world is not like just the pretty stuff. It is like the all of it. Um, that is a big love. That is. Um, and that's not uh, one that fits with condemnation very mm. well, I think. Um, but it is big, and um, that's what we proclaim in Jesus, that, you know, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Um, yeah, big, big. So We, we kind of teased this at the beginning, but we never got there. We talked oh, we- about there's a question <laughs> that guides yes. our reflection this week and, and helps us interpret scripture mm. and thus why these two things might be put together. The question of the week is, how do we begin again? So as we kind of talked about, Abram is going to begin again in a new place. Nicodemus is being told he has to be um, born again. Um, And as Christians, we 
would say being born of water and spirit is mm -hmm. baptism. Um, so we begin again in our baptism. Um, but that's, that's the question. How do we begin again? And there's a lot of challenges that come with that. There's a lot of promise and joy. Yeah. And, uh, and we kind of yeah. get two different images. I mean, for Abraham, he begins again by taking the, the journey. Yeah. By taking the steps. Nicodemus begins again by asking the questions, you know, coming to Jesus. And as I mentioned, you know, earlier, we, we get glimpses of Nicodemus throughout the Gospel of John and how his journey keeps progressing along. And, uh, you know, we don't all have the same journey. It looks different for each of us. But um, how do we begin again? How, mm. with, <laughs> by the grace of God, yeah. here we go. <laughs> Um, and there's a lot of related questions to this kind of sub-theme in the devotional cards that we have set out around um, the building and our worship space. And so if you haven't picked up some of those devotional cards, I encourage it because there's a lot of great sort of angles to reflect on this overarching question of how do we begin again. And um, Yeah, it is really cool. Very cool. So um, thank you for that. Well, any other closing thoughts here, friends? Nope. No? Okay. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us for our Wandering in the Word for March 5th, 2023, uh, the second week in Lent. Um, it's been good to be with you. Uh, hopefully you learned something and got some good questions. Uh, we hope the conversation can continue. So um, for Melissa, Pastor Brandy, and myself, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye. Thank you for joining us today for another Wandering in the Word podcast here at First Lutheran Church in Minot, North Dakota. 